0: All right, folks, we're here. Super Duty Tough Work. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Blueprint, co-host, Elagic. We are here, you know, on this uh, beautiful Sunday evening. Saturday evening, I should say. hmm You know, trying to do some shit to, to help the people. Getting back to the art. 2024 is here. hmm You know, we're pushing everybody this year to get back on your grind. You will be watching us do the same. Yes. In many yes. aspects. Art wise. Health wise. Promotionally. Mm hmm. We coming with it. We're going to bring you. We're going to drag y'all asses with us. <laughs> like it or not. You're coming. We're all going. Everybody's going. No man is going to be left behind. Now leaving you out there in that field, soldier. carrying you back to the barracks. <laughs> you know? How you doing today, Logic?
1: I'm good, man. It's um it's been a relaxing couple of days. Wifey went to Dayton. Okay. To hang with her sister for the weekend. Okay, you like so what? I've been like, Yeah, I've been ah. chilling, you know, um, working on music, finishing just finished my video, sent it out. Uh, shout out Kaz Meta and Jay Rawls. Yeah. Did a video for them for a joint called Total Chaos coming out soon. Mm-hmm. I seen it. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so finish that up. Yep, yeah. Yep. Finish that up. It's coming. Um, my newest grandson was born yesterday.
0: Oh, wow. You got two joints, yeah. right? Granddad part two. Nice. Nice. So was you there? No, nah, I wasn't there. Okay, I was going like, to say, man, you was doing a lot yesterday, man. This one, this is babies being born back. In- yeah. <laughs> Edited video. Like, <laughs> most active dude I've ever seen. Active granddad. Yeah, no, that's so, dope.
1: Congratulations, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it, man. Not yeah, right. so, yeah, chillin'. I'm about to go make some beats after we get off here. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. That's what I'm talking
0: about, man. Yeah, man. Oh, as far as the show, man, for everybody who's reached out to me about doing ads on the show and I didn't hit you back. I'm starting to hit all y'all back now. Elijah and I talked about it. You know, One of the reasons I wasn't doing ads, we weren't doing ads like this last fall was because we wasn't doing the show as often. And Mm -hmm. for people who want to do ads on the show, I want you guys to get your money's worth. And that means that we want to be at the point where we're doing three, four episodes a month. And at that point, we know that you're going to get a lot more burned than if we're just doing one to two a month. And so (laughs) now (laughs) we're back on it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so, yeah, there's going to be some advertising on future episodes. Uh, those of you who have reached out to me, you know, I'm getting back at you or I sent you an email response. And those who haven't got at me, get at me. We about to get back on it, you know. So this week. You know, as we as we, you know, start pushing this thing up this hill in 2024. We want to start challenging our artistic listeners a little more. We're going to start doing more hip hop to- topics. But this one is about. Output, creativity, and the question is: Are you creating enough? No, are you? Said, no, you well, already <laughs> got that. <He> said, no. <laughs> Episode over. See y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm she, not. yeah, we out. You know what I mean? So most of you might say, "Nah, I'm not." There's some of you might think that you are, and me, even as a pretty prolific artist. This story I'm going to share with you today got me even second-guessing my own output. <laughs> <laughs> Am I? Am I? I thought I was. This, this is making me reconsider everything. Mm. And so uh, we got the story we're going to share with y'all, and then we're going to come with some lessons from it that we would like y'all to take away from it. And, uh, you know, this episode is called Are You Creating Enough? We'll take a break and we'll be right back.
2: Where? now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint. Raw and uncut, adult conversations. No shucking, no jobbing, and no bullshit.
0: All right, folks, we're back. Super Duty Tough Work, the most infamous podcast on planet Earth. Blueprint, a logic. The question of the week, the title of this episode, Are You Creating Enough?, we're going to start this episode out by reading this article. And the title of this article is well, it comes from uh, musicradar.com. And the name of this article starts is Japanese ambient musician Michiru Aoyama has woken at 5 a.m. to record a new album every day since 2021. He's now earning three thousand dollars a month from his music on Spotify and Bandcamp. The article goes like this. The Kyoto based artist writes, records and releases a new eight track album every single day. Kyoto ambient artist Michiru Aoyama has taken the phrase full time musician to a different level since deciding to record and release an eight track album every single day. And the 38-year-old has somehow stuck to his commitment since 2021. Quotes "Writing a song is like sleeping is like keeping a diary," he told The Guardian. "I disclose all the good memories and bad memories, and writing songs every day has become a fun routine." As for quality control, he says, "It is a trial and error process, but I release it all: the good sound quality and the bad sound quality." without any concealment. Routine and process have unsurprisingly become essential. It's what Aoyama calls his compositional mold, with his PRS McCarty electric guitar or Prophet 10 analog synth running through a bank of effects to create his ambient pieces. And it's connected with listeners, around 200,000 monthly listeners on Spotify increasing by around 400 every day. His volume of output has paid off too as well. It should with the workload involved, including around two hours every day to just upload the sound files. But his ambient style and obvious talent is very much suited to being included on the playlists that make the Spotify algorithm work in his favor. Now, Around 90% of his income is now derived from the Spotify playlists he features on with his prolific self owned musical output, with the rest mostly generated via Bandcamp. But how does he keep it going every day? Aoyama wakes up at 5 a.m. every morning and starts composing his music between 6 a.m. and midday. He then takes a two hour walk, eats, and then composes again until 7 p.m before uploading the day's sound files for two hours. This has become such an integral, integrated part of Aoyama's life since he left his full-time job to fully commit to music, the idea of stepping back from it feels completely alien to him now. For me, writing songs is like brushing my teeth, he told The Guardian, so I would not feel comfortable stopping. End article. Mm. Logic, what are your thoughts? It's wild.
1: I mean, it's crazy.
0: (laughs) I mean, but if you, if, if that
1: is your job, you know, then you have the time at least, you know, there's no room for girlfriend. There's no room for children. There's no room for. Yeah. I didn't
0: see date night on his. No,
1: there's (laughs) no room for any messing around. Mm -mm. There's no room. But I mean, you can't, like we said before, you can't argue with the results, you know? Right. Um, and I'm I just follow dude on Spotify. Uh, <laughs> so
2: it's, so, working, it's working, yeah. Folks. So
1: I'm a, I'm gonna be checking it out because that's the kind of you know I'm I'm trying to venture into that world a little bit just yeah. musically. Yeah. And Um. So somebody with that kind of output, I just want to hear what they're doing. And yeah, I'm sure it's good because just based on the article, he's talented. So
0: yeah, you know. Yeah, it's one of these stories where. You know, we hear all of these bad stories about Spotify mm-hmm. and how Spotify, you know, isn't paying us properly, which we all would agree. None of us are going to argue that. Right. Right. But this story to me is a big example of someone using the system to his benefit. Right. Like he found like the, the, the lane in there. Like, you know what? If I freak it like this, though, mm-hmm. I'm a win. Mm hmm. Because one thing I thought about that this doesn't even cover is that this is basically like his job, but it's passive. Mm-hmm. And we don't even know what's going to happen to this man should he decide to start playing shows. Right. Oh, God. I don't even, I don't even,
1: yeah, he'll have to take a day off to play a show. Like, I, what if he like starts playing a show every
0: weekend? Like,
1: <laughs> he will have new music. He will have new music yep, to play. Yeah,
0: just record the shows and put those out. But just imagine the on. bread he'd be making. Come on, bro. He's already getting 200,000 listeners a month. Mm-hmm. And, and increasing. Mm-hmm. He'll be getting a million listeners a month getting paid $3,000 a show. Yeah, not just dude. off of, you know what I'm saying? But this would not have happened without Spotify. Mm-hmm. There's no way this happens pre-Spotify. You know? Oh, yeah. In his genre. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, this article, we have some lessons from this that I like everybody sitting at home who's probably bugging out like we are about this dude output a new album every damn day for three years to glean from this because it's not just he just puts out a bunch of music. There's some shit that they mentioned in this article that is very, very important that I think we all can do and improve on and learn from. Mm -hmm. And the first lesson Of this article is to have a routine. Have a routine. We talk about this all the time, about discipline versus inspiration. And how the people who are disciplined always tend to have a higher output and better outcomes than the people who sit around and wait on inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. But one of the first thing they talk about this article is, as you mentioned, He don't got a lot of Elf going on, but that's because he's committed. Like the article says, Aoyama wakes up at 5 a.m. every morning and starts composing music between 6 a.m. and midday, then takes a two hour walk, eats, then composes again till 7 p.m. for uploading the day, the the day sound file for two hours. If you are sitting at home, ask yourself, how much of a routine do you have? Mm. Like. When was the last time you wrote down the times you were going to do something? Right. Like, have you committed to it? Like, this man is committed to it? Obviously, this kind of shit don't happen unless you commit to that kind of schedule.
1: Yeah, you have to.
0: This, some, this some military shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Navy SEAL level of commitment over here. Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> this man is a Navy SEAL of ambient music. He's not playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not playing. John Wick of ambient. Yeah. it's dedicated you know so it's like but he's killing it and it's working largely in part to the routine man you know like now me the last month i've been doing music full-time truck been down mm-hmm. so i have started to get back i used to have a you, you've seen at my house i would have these things all over my house about my daily routine and the last two years i ain't really been able to do that because i've been driving and had a job so but i started to get back to that And something I started doing that I wasn't doing before was not just having a time to do something. Now I'm starting to to commit to doing it for a specific amount of time. But I'm literally I'm timing myself. So now I'm using my phone timer, which I I never tried before. And so I'll be like, okay, I'm going to write for an hour. And then I. Put it on the clock, start the timer, boom, go. And I leave that thing open right there at that desk. Anytime I stop to go pee, I pause it. I guess why I pause it, and I start it again to make sure I put a full hour in on whatever it is. Mm-hmm. That has helped me a lot in the last couple weeks. But I'm about to get back to a, a schedule like this, man, because I mean, granted, I ain't trying to do no record every day, but right, I don't think I can write write like that to write no album every fucking day at hip hop, right? But but you could make a beat every day. You right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you good, right. good or bad? You yep. know what I mean? At least one, right? At least one, yeah. You know, and and we can do more on our weekends, right? For most people who are working, but it all starts with commitment, like mm. like having a routine and saying, you know what, I am going to do this because clearly he he had this routine before he was even getting these kind of views and listens and stuff, right? And it's that routine that I think separates him from all the other people who um, are just waiting on inspiration, hoping that they Spotify plays take off, you know? Yeah, we should, um,
1: we should do the research and see how many of our episodes we mentioned making a schedule or (laughs) having a routine. I think it's probably the, the thread between every super duty episode, but um, it's it's a reoccurring theme. It's it's very common. Yeah, I definitely, um, I don't know if I could do, you know, what he do, he does. Yeah. Even if I didn't have a job and didn't have a wife and kids. Like I like to chill too much. You know what i <laughs> I actually ex- do like television. I, w- yeah, like, I, I like it. I do watch television. I watch football and basketball and watch movies and go yes, out yeah. to the bar. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. so this regimen would not work for your boy. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. but I do understand because when I first started making beats, I at least made something every day for like a good three or four months just to learn my equipment, to learn what to do with a sample, to, Mm. you know, just to learn how to do it. And so I would make something probably sometimes three or four, you know, if I got into a groove. Yeah. Um, And that is what helped me, you know, become pretty good pretty quickly. Because I was doing it regularly. I had a schedule set. I had three or four hours every night. Like four hours every night. Where all I would do was make beats. And I did that for about three, four months straight. See, I didn't yeah. write. I didn't do anything else artistically. yeah, Except listen to records and make beats. And that's how I got as good as I am. As quick as I did. Because I'm still a baby making yeah. beats. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like. I'm still a, a baby, but I, I, I got some shit, though, you know what I mean? Because I put that commitment in, you know, to where I was doing it regularly, yeah, very
0: consistently, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much what you have to do. Like, mm-hmm. I think the people who think that they can kind of learn things like that at their own pace, uh, when they're feeling like it, mm-hmm. very relaxed, I, I think they miss out on that fast growth that right. comes with being intense. Mm-hmm. Like certain things you can be laid back and it works. I think so, but other disciplines you have to be very fucking intense. And right. what you did is just what I did when I was in college, you know? Mm-hmm. When I was in college I got my first drum machine or my sampler in like Thanksgiving, I think. Uh of my senior year. And we were going to be off for like 6 weeks to like January or some shit. And I was just like this is what I'm about to do. i mm-hmm. I'm finna just sit here with this thing, didn't have no manual, but this EPS and I'm gonna just learn it every day. And I didn't do nothing else for 6 weeks. And that's how like by the time you heard me, I hadn't even been making beats that long, but my beats were dope. Yeah. Yeah. It was all from that initial thing just like what you did. I think I think a lot of artists should should adopt that. Like this mm-hmm. this laid back thing that we have towards art. That sounds good, but all the people that we, we admire and these great musicians we look up to, they're intense. Oh yeah. Very intense about their art, you
1: know? Yeah. And so yeah, you uh, can be laid back if you don't want to be successful. Right. <laughs> that's you, but, that's your choice. You know right. what I
0: mean? And it and it begs the question if you want to be a full-time artist, are you willing to do something like that? Mm-hmm. There are some people who want to be full-time artists just because they don't want to work right. for somebody else. Or they don't want to yeah. work at all. Not because they want to be a working musician, though.
1: Yeah, they want all the perks that come with it as opposed to the everything that comes with it. Because being a full-time artist is work. Yes. Work. Yes.
0: A lot of unglamorous stuff happens. Yeah, uh, It's a sexy job when everybody else look at it, but they don't know what you're doing all day. This guy, mm-hmm. this, none of this stuff he's doing sound fucking fun other than making music. Like the yeah. two hours he creating, three hours, that sound cool. But the rest of his day, he uploading and shit, he's doing all this, he composing, and he got to get it up. And he's got a very structured thing going, but he clearly did not want to continue working the job he was on. Right so he just said fuck this i'm out you know what i mean and and made it pop so you know that's number one uh we'll take a break break and we'll be right back quick announcement over the years we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising we've always been interested in doing it but in the past we never had the systems in place to make it work properly I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, email us at superdutytoughwork@weightless.net. at weightless.net. That's Work at weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. Are you an artist who has the talent to succeed, but has a hard time executing? Do you have the will to win but lack the plan? Are you tired of having great ideas that never come to fruition or starting new projects but never finishing them? If you answered yes to any of these questions, reach out to me at superdutytoughwork at waitlist.net to book a one-on-one coaching call. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what you're trying to do, and I'll see if I can be of service to you. Have a great day. All right, folks, we back. Super Duty, Tough Work, Blueprint and Logic. This week we're talking about, are you creating enough? Are you creating enough? You know, last segment we shared this article about ambient artist Aoyama, uh, Michiru Aoyama, and his uh, uh, routine of writing an eight-song album every day and uploading it every day for two years straight. And now it has resulted in him making $3,000 a month off music, being able to quit his job and uh, support himself. And it's just, it's, it's pretty remarkable. Yes. Um, it's an extreme case of dedication, yes. but I think we need to know that people out there like him exist. And so the second lesson that we have from this thing is simple tools, use simple tools There's a, there's a line in here. says, uh, routine and process have unsurprisingly become essential. It's what Aoyama calls his compositional mold with his PRS McCarthy electric guitar or profit 10 analog synth running through a bank of effects to create his ambient pieces. Now, I don't know if you guys at home caught that, but that's only two pieces of equipment. Right. And some and pedals. Ant- yeah, and pedals. That's it. <laughs> My man's got a guitar. He got a Prophet 10 synth. And if you look at this picture that's on the article, you can see it right there. He got a synth and he got a guitar. He got obviously a computer and some, you know, uh, compressor and things like that. A little bit of outboard gear. But as far as composing, this man has streamlined it down to two fucking instruments. One of the biggest issues I see with this current era of music creating is there's too many options. Mm. Me and my bro speak, speak, we was talking about, about this, like there's so many fucking options now. That the problem, it's creating a situation where every time you get something, you have to try to learn a new workflow. Mm-hmm. When I first started learning how to make beats, it was one machine. Everything was in there. You learn that you could cook. The average person making Beats now is dealing with is trying to figure out how to make four, five, six, ten things work together. Mm -hmm. You got this boutique of plugins, you're trying to get to work with this boutique of plugins. You got this hardware thing trying to work with that. You got this piece of hardware, you're trying to sync them all into your fucking drum machine and MIDI, all this shit together, and trying to create a workflow with a hundred pieces of equipment. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. I see it and I'm like, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Like my highest points of output just for me personally. Everybody's different. Come during the periods where I just only have like one main tool. When I have like one like uh compositional instrument, you know, like I'll compose in piano. I'll have one basic drum kit and I'll just get my ideas on paper through that. Whenever I part of the reason I don't have any hardware since now is because I realized after owning several that my workflow was getting fucked up. They sounded great, but my workflow wasn't as fast as I wanted it to be because I was trying to get everything to work together. Too many options. I took away the options. I started getting faster. And I think that's the gift and the curse of people who are making beats now. I think it's way harder for them now than it was for me when I started because there's too many options. Yeah. I completely
1: agree. Um, I don't know how many VSTs I got on my, (laughs) on my computer, you know, different sounds, different, some of them I haven't even used some of them I've paid for and, you know, dropped 50 bucks on this, you know, and I don't even use it. I have, I haven't used it. Mm -hmm. Um, there are a lot of options. When I first started making beats, I was downloading every free VST I could find because I didn't know I didn't know yeah. how any of it worked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was just, and now I have like maybe ten that I use regularly. You know, including for mixing, yeah, and shit. So yeah, I don't know. It's um, having all the options definitely disrupts your workflow and disrupts output. Yeah. Makes it a little harder. You know?
0: Yeah, and I. Th- to me, I don't, I don't see him having this kind of output if he had a more complicated setup. Yeah. Like if he had a room full of synths, you know, guys yeah. with the wall to wall vintage synths. Mm-hmm. I don't see none of them guys doing what he's doing. Right. They got so many options and they got the most incredible synth. This dude got one synth, one guitar. He ain't got three different guitars to choose from on the wall. Oh, I like mm-hmm. to use this one for that. Like, nah, man got one guitar. One synth, and you know how it is. You got one hardware synth. They ain't got that many different sounds. Right. You got to know how to tune it, get what you want out of it, but it ain't hitting you with 200 patches. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) You're never going to feel overwhelmed by the sounds on it. You'll be like, you know what? That can work if I get in here and tweak it and freak it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that is uh, like a strength of what he's doing. And one of the things, too, when you have a small amount of
1: equipment, you're able to master that equipment. Yes. You're able to know the ins and outs of that piece of gear because you don't buy a new something every month that you have to start. Because when you open that new toy, you're not going to play with the old toys as much anymore. Nope. Because now you want to learn this, but you haven't even gotten (sighs) to a point where you can work with that, you know, outside of the presets. It's a fact. You know, so... It allows you to really focus on you know a small amount of gear and learn how to use that and learn how to freak it, yes, you know, to where you have to come out with different sounds you have to change you know how how the how you're mixing stuff how you know what pedals you go through, all of that stuff you've gotta be a lot more creative, mm-hmm. but you've mastered everything you have, so it's a little it's easier to be creative with something that you've mastered,
0: yeah, yeah, and I know what we're saying kind of. You know, it may go contrary to what the popular thing is right now with doing music, because like you're saying, the thing now is to have as many VSTs as you can mm-hmm. have as many drum machines and try as many as you can. And then eventually you'll find one that's like, you know, incredible. But I think your most producers are better served having that one thing and mastering that first. Mm-hmm. You get your workflow down on one uh, one piece of, of equipment. If it's solid, you can apply it to different pieces. right? But what is happening is people don't have a workflow. They don't know how to make beats yet. Mm -hmm. Because they never figured out a process on one piece of gear. And then they just keep introducing another piece of gear. And another piece. And another. And it keeps changing. And their their output is just spotty. Mm -hmm. You know? This man is showing you like, yo, he out here living off this shit. $3,000 a month with one guitar, one synth. What the fuck you gonna do?
1: Right. With your wall, with your with your with your house full of music. Right. You got a museum
0: of Simpsons in your house.
1: Just a wall of
0: guitars. Ain't dropped a record in Ain't three dra- years. Nothing. Nothing. No output. Twelve drum sets in your house. Ain't made no records. Right. This man is over here like, look, two joints. I got this. But yeah, that's the second lesson. To have simple tools. The third lesson. And this is one that I think, you know, we've, I don't know if we've talked about this on this podcast, but the third lesson is to build a funnel. And So here's what a lot of people don't know. This is a sales term. It's basically a sales funnel. A sales funnel is basically like it's like you imagine as a tube at the top. It's it's very wide. That's basically how you attract the majority of your people. With something there that is typically at the top of your funnel free right and so but what happens is people check out the free stuff they continue to go down the tunnel and then a smaller and smaller number of people want to learn more about you but as they go down that's when you have your paid options right what i see a lot of artists do who hate spotify is they want to not do spotify or streaming And they're cutting off the top of the funnel. So that the only people who fuck with them are people who are very extreme. It's harder for them to gain new fans. Right. Because they don't have anything free at the top to kind of draw people in. What this man has is like he's using Spotify as basically the top of his sales funnel. Mm -hmm. I'm going to drop all this music. I'm going to dominate the algorithm. It's all free to y'all on Spotify. And as you guys want to go further and further down and support. You start seeing these paid options. I'm going to drive you to my Bandcamp page. Mm-hmm. On my Bandcamp page, I'll have, whether it's tapes, CDs, vinyl, what have you, of these records, and I'll, I'll you know convert the sales there. So it's like some people, we want to we sell products. We want to sell records or albums, but we, we want to cut off the free avenues of people listening to us. Yeah. Especially right? now.
1: That's important.
0: Very important. Like Once upon a time, radio was the top of the funnel for every artist. Radio is free, yet major labels were willing to pay stations to play their records. Why? Because it's so valuable to get those casual fans to listen to you for free, to, where they're not taking a chance, they have no investment, because they know that if you impress them there, they'll start Wanting to learn more, they'll start digging on their own. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one song, one thing on a bigger platform that's free. And if people mm-hmm. want to learn more. It ain't going to be everybody. You might only get 10% of the people to go down there and buy a record, 5%, yep. sometimes yep. 1%. But this man's whatever it is, if we say it's 10%, his 10% is paying all his bills every month. But if you're an artist or whatever you do creatively, I think everybody needs one. Like this podcast is like a, 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 at the top of our funnel. You know, we got the podcast mm-hmm. is free, but if y'all want to support, we got books. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Support your boys. We sell records too. Elijah got albums. I got albums. You know, you start here. This is the free John. Without this, maybe we don't make the connection with certain people. Right. I, I, I would have a harder time selling the books if I didn't have the podcast, Right. <laughs> Granted, some people would know me already, but those are people who are already at the bottom of the funnel. Right. You know, they're already there. And I think this is an excellent illustration of the sales funnel concept applied to music. We all hate Spotify as far as what they pay (laughs) us. Okay.
2: Yes.
1: We all hate all the streaming services, you know, not just Spotify. Let's not just single them out because they all suck as far as paying artists. But you got to take advantage of every tool that you have. Sometimes you're not going to like the tools. Sometimes the tools ain't necessarily going to be fair. But if you master the tools, yes, whether you like them or not, and use them to your advantage, that's what the ultimate goal is. Yes. You know, like, you never throw away a tool if you know it's going to be beneficial if you use it. Mm-hmm. So everybody that's saying, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not dealing with Spotify, I'm not dealing with streaming, I'm not dealing, that's not smart. No. That would be like, that would be like, like you were talking about, like, you know, a major label not getting songs played on the radio. Right. You know what, what I'm saying? They're not pay. getting paid nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Like, at least Spotify pays something. Exactly. You know, radio don't pay you nothing. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So, you know, you got to utilize all the tools available. And he's clearly taken advantage of that concept because he has so much music that if you listen to one song from every album and you know what I'm saying? Like that's a lot of streams, you know, yes. cause he got so much music. So yeah. he's using it to his advantage. Yeah. And that's just what you got to do. You got to use all the tools
0: available to you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I think something else that you just reminded me of is like, what I think is happening is that experienced older veteran artists are yeah, saying, he's 38. He's yeah. not young. Yeah. And like the, the experienced artists are like, let me use that. But what's happening mm-hmm. is what a lot of the mistake a lot of younger artists are making, newer artists are making, is they're looking at the guy who, who's already large. He says, I'm taking my catalog off of Spotify. Right. And they're thinking, oh, I'm going to do that. But the problem is you don't have the sales history and the, and the fan base that that person already have, whether or not they're on, on streaming or not. Right. Like that established artist is going to win. They can put their name on a flyer and hundreds of people are going to come out to their show with or without streaming. People probably got physical copies of the record. People know these songs by heart. They hear them at parties. They hear them everywhere. See them in movies. If you are just starting out, you don't have that luxury to take your music out of the places where people go to hear things that they've never heard before. Whether it's Spotify, whether it's whatever, YouTube. Everybody bangs on Spotify, but they they let YouTube off the hook. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you got a big check for streaming on YouTube?
1: (laughs) Right. I was screaming a lot last year. Yeah, exactly.
0: It ain't happening. None of them really pay that much. But we have to use them. As you said, use them to your advantage. Use them as a tool. So, yeah, uh, that's number three. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Word. What's up, everybody? Got some big news to share with you all today. I'm proud to announce that for the first time, I will be opening up my artist coaching and consulting services to the public. I have been doing it for several years behind the scenes helping artists and small businesses achieve their goals but it's never been something that I made publicly available nor anything that I promoted until now. So if you're an artist or a small business owner I'm now available to be booked for one-on-one sessions designed to help you achieve your goals as quickly and as efficiently as possible. If this is something that you're interested in email me at toughwork at weightless.net. Tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll get the ball rolling from there. I look forward to working with you all. Peace. This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you as a listener or watcher of this podcast need to absolutely own. The first is the 10 traits of successful hip hop artists. And the second is the social media cheat code. Both of these books were released within the last year. The 10 traits of successful hip hop artists is a book where I go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip hop today. The book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip hop along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast, the 10 traits of successful hip hop is for you. Second book is the social media cheat code. That is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media. It's not for super experienced people. It's actually for people who are on social media but are not getting the results you need. So what we did is I broke down like, 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watch this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support and uh, back to the show all right folks we back super duty tough work you know this week we talking about are you creating enough uh hopefully this article has you asking yourself that question you know only you know the answer um you know we've been breaking down the lessons to this and we got one lesson left and this one lesson number four is to be committed you can have a simple setup you can have a routine you can have the great sales funnel, but if you're not committed, nothing's gonna happen. You're not gonna see the results like this man, seeing the results, you know? Yeah. And and I think the commitment thing has to be at the forefront of your mind. You don't gotta commit like he commits. Commit to what you can commit to that makes sense. Like, what can I do? You know, we took, you me know, Logic talked off air. One song a week is not crazy. Right. For the average artist who does a lot of beats or writes a lot of rhymes. You can't write two verses a week. Mm -hmm. Record them. They got to be finished, but one song a week. You can do that. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this man is doing a whole album a day. Maybe you got to build up to that. That's a lot of fucking work. But Mm -hmm. I think for most people, if you actually commit to doing something more ambitious, you'll do it. No problem. Yeah, it's that it's that discipline thing.
1: You know, if you have the discipline and you commit to doing something regularly, you'll get good at it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like and then it'll become faster and it'll be more muscle memory going yeah. into there to do that. There's a reason that Steph Curry is Steph Curry, you know, because he goes in and he shoots a hundred threes at practice. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Every just that. You know what I mean? there's a reason that cats are good at what they do because they commit to doing something that some people might look at as crazy, outrageous, Yeah, you know, but being committed is, is the only thing that's going to get us, get you where you want to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like the article says, this has become such an integrated part of Aoyama's life since he left his full-time job to fully commit to music. The idea of stepping back from it feels completely alien to him. Now, for me, writing songs is like brushing my teeth so I would not feel comfortable stopping. Mm. That's commitment.
1: Yeah, you got yeah, to commit to a point where if you don't do it, you feel you feel some type yeah. of way. If you're not doing what, what you should be doing at the time, you feel some type mm-hmm. of way. And, and another thing that's encouraging, dude is 38. He ain't no yes. young buck. No, no. So he you just know, started he this at 36. Yeah, he ain't 20 years old, you mm-hmm. know, all the time in the world. Nope. you know his, his body breaking
0: down just like yeah, <laughs> everybody yeah.
1: else's knees probably yeah. hurt you know
0: he Fingers probably probably cramping Dog. he probably spent the first 35 36 years of his life thinking this shit wasn't gonna work facts you know if you are, get to age 36 and you've been making music this whole time and ain't nobody heard of you mm-hmm. and then from age 36 to age 38 something like this happens It's it's crazy, but it's like, it's, it's, but it's real. It's possible. Right. Like, it wasn't like he was just sitting on his ass for those first 35 years. He was an artist. He was a musician. He just developed a plan that worked. Mm -hmm. He did something extreme and it worked, but he ain't unlike many artists we know who make it to that age. And you're like, you know what? I'm talented, but I ain't really, I still got to go to work for these motherfuckers every day. Yeah. He he made it to 38. And so, and this has only been two years of doing this, and he made this shit work in two years of commitment. And, and it and it might seem extreme, but what this is what I think, like, yo, this man wakes up at 5 a.m., starts working on music at 6, and at 7 p.m. he's done. Mm-hmm. Right? But it, let's not forget, in between, he chills for two hours in between, he eats. And so he's got like a two and a half. We'll call it a three-hour break in the middle of the day, and then he so he basically composes from six to about eleven. Then he composes from about three to about seven. Now, how many of y'all with jobs are working longer than the hours he's worked? Right. Because by this check, I think he's doing about ten hours a day on Mm -hmm. music. Yeah. You know what I mean by if you count your commute and everything, you get home at seven p.m. too. You gotta get up at five too. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you like to be doing what you love <laughs>
2: if you gotta work anyway?
0: Uh huh. Look, I gotta do ten hours anyway, man. Let me just—that's all he's doing. He just has more freedom during the day. You know what I'm saying? To do what he wants to do. But yeah, it's a uh, uh, yeah, it's inspiring, man. It's inspiring to me. So yeah, that's number four. I think that's it. That's it. That's it, man. Let me read these back. The four four lessons from this article are, number one, have a routine. Number two, use simple tools. Number three, build your funnel. And number four, to be committed. Um, I hope y'all got something out of this. This is definitely inspiring to us. You know, I thought I was prolific till I read this article. And I'm like, (laughs) man, I ain't shit. Um, But it's inspiring me to rethink some things I got going on and I hope that this episode has done the same to you and uh, we will see y'all next week Work. Peace. peace
2: thank you for listening to super duty tough work subscribe to the podcast on iTunes follow the podcast on SoundCloud
1: I got styles already that's more complex than nobody know about. I mean, super duty, tough work. (laughs)